what does the average week look like for you? Sure, it may start with church on a Sunday morning, but by Monday morning, can any of us remember what the sermon was about? We spend so much of our lives doing so many things, transporting our kids around, spending too many hours in the office, trying to find time to spend with our spouse. But most of what we do related to our faith is crammed into about 80 minutes on a Sunday morning. Did you know that in a week, there are 10,080 minutes? If we're spending 80 of those related to our faith, what are we doing with the other 10,000? That's what this podcast is all about. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the 10,000 podcast, where we want to dive deeper in our faith and bring God into our 10,000 minutes each week. Uh, My name is Sawyer Trapp. I'm our student ministry pastor here at Stapleton Church, and I'm joined by our lead pastor, Matt Wolf. Yeah, it's good to be talking with you guys this afternoon or whenever you're listening to it. We're recording in the afternoon. That's true, yeah. (laughs) You may be listening to it at 3 a.m. in Malaysia. You could be. And if you are, then hello. I don't know. I don't. I was gonna. I was gonna try and think. I was like, I don't know. No, I think no, that's, a, no. that's Japanese. Well, let's move on from that. <laughs> yeah. So what we're gonna talk about today is we dive a little bit deeper into the message from Sunday and apply that. Now, I felt like I gave a pretty broad principle as mm-hmm. we covered the second half of Luke chapter six, which was. Oh, love like Jesus. Yeah, yeah. It's just <laughs> that's simple, right? Love like Jesus. Mm-hmm. We should remember that. That's pretty central to how we're supposed to live out our life, love right. like Jesus. So it's not just love. It's a specific type of love. Mm-hmm. I was even thinking afterwards about what Jesus commanded in John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35, when he kind of gave a summary on the, the community that he was forming. He's mm-hmm. sending out mm-hmm. his disciples, and he says, A new command I give you, love one another. A lot of people stop right there, but Jesus didn't. He says, as I have loved you, so you must love one another. Hmm. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So we do are commanded to love. Love is so important. But love is a pretty vague term. Yeah. Jesus helps define us how we're supposed to love. Right, both in what he says and I think perhaps even more importantly, what he does, how he lived, right. who, how he interacted with people, how he showed love. Yeah, so yeah, we, in the message we really talked about those different ways that we're supposed to love like Jesus. But yeah, you could study the Gospels, all four of them, and look again and again, well, how did he love here? How did he love there? Right. And you'll take that and practice it. There you go. And that's the podcast. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. That's not it. I actually, I was thinking about, because you covered so much, I think there was so much in there, but one of the things that I think we maybe didn't have enough time to cover because we were, you were trying to cover so much was this idea of judging, right? Because mm. I think this is a passage, do not judge and you will not be judged. There you go. The Bible says not to judge. Mm, there you go. Once again, even the Bible, as great as it is, if you only take it and you stop at certain sections, mm-hmm. you miss some of the qualifying things. Right. Then that's really important. And this is super important in this passage. So that's what I kind of wanted to dive into on this podcast. Like, are we actually called not to judge? Or is, is the Bible maybe saying something different? Like, what is Jesus saying in this passage? Right. So one thing to always remember when you're studying the Bible is the verse numbers are not inspired by God. They weren't there. (gasps) (laughs) I just made somebody spit their coffee while they're driving on the road. Spit take. The verse numbers and the chapter numbers were added later, much later. Yeah. 
In fact, the original Bible wasn't written with any numbers, <laughs> except for the book of Numbers and whenever it discusses numbers, of course, but not those little tiny superscript numbers that we see. So, it is very simple to take one verse out of context because mm-hmm. we don't look the oh we we say oh I looked up and I really like what it says in Matthew chapter seven I'm gonna I'm gonna open this verse up Matthew seven where it says judge not or you will be judged right judge not in the old KJV lest ye be judged okay. <laughs> you memorize that boom uh, I'm pretty sure you could put that on a t-shirt on a hat get that tattooed on your arm Bumper judge sticker. not don't judge me oh wait oh that sounds pretty good right mm-hmm. that could be your motto don't judge me. Is that all it says, though? No, it says a lot more. It says a lot more. You're <laughs> right. So let's talk about it. What is the lot more? Yeah. Sorry. What is the lot more? <laughs> well, it, as, as we kind of t- touched in your sermon, um, so it's talking about forgiveness, the value of forgiveness, mm-hmm. um, that there's a relationship between the judgment that Jesus is talking about and the forgiveness. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. But I think it's super significant, even below that, the parables that Jesus talks about. Now, you didn't get to talk a lot about these in your message, but I, I love this. Can the blind lead the blind? Will not they both fall into the pit? So what is, what is Jesus saying? I think, I think he's trying to say that, that there's, if each one of you is trying to figure things out on your own, they're trying to struggle, they're just seeing things from their own perspective, then they're both going to fall into the pit. Hmm. That Jesus is actually, I think, maybe even more than judging, talking about this mutuality, this reciprocity that we have to have with fellow believers. Sure. That there's a relationship between people who follow Jesus, that they need one another, that there's value in being in each other's lives. Yep. And you've got to make sure you're not blind. Right. So if you are going to talk to another person about something they're doing, because mm-hmm. that's what we're talking about, right? That's right. Yep. When you're judging, what you're really doing is condemning another person. You're saying you're an awful person for doing that thing. Right. And that's normally how we think about it, right? right. That judgment is saying, oh, you're awful. Here's why. Right. <laughs> but I don't think, Yeah. I don't think that's actually primarily what Jesus is talking about. Okay. I think more he's using this idea of judge as kind of how we think about it as a person who is a judge or a jury. They're evaluating. Yes. They're looking. Yes. They're clearly seeing what's going on in the best circumstances. Mm-hmm. And then they're bringing forth what they see as the situation. Right. They're evaluating. I think if we think about judgment more in the ideas of evaluating, seeking to fix, yep. seeking to bring about good rectifying situations than it is just bringing it on condemnation. So when you're, you reference that verse 39 where it says, can mm-hmm. the blind lead the blind? Yeah. The important thing is we can't be blind, and a lot of us are, Jesus is saying. Yeah. A lot of us are blind. So when we're trying to evaluate somebody else's life and say, how could you do that? How could you get that tattoo? How could you live like that, work at that place, <laughs> be in that relationship? We are sometimes the blind leading the blind. Right. We're we, trying to help someone without appropriately being able to evaluate that situation. Sure. You know, in, in Matthew, Jesus says that in a sermon, uh, basically a diatribe against the Pharisees. Mm-hmm. And you guys are the religious leaders. You are the blind leading the blind. Right. So this does apply. In here, in this context, he's making it a little more general. Mm-hmm. But but we can look at it like, yes, we, we want to help someone. Yeah. I'm doing air quotes right there. We want to help <laughs> them. We say that's our motive. But if we're blind, how can we help another person? Right. So we've got to figure out where we're going and where we should be going in our life. 
And that's exactly where Jesus takes it too. When when we talk when this section that is also pretty well known, the speck of sawdust in your brother eye, it, that's what you're paying attention to, and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye. Mm. You know that sounds like a good band name. Plank in your own eye. Plank eye. Plank eye. Isn't that a band? I don't know. It is. Is this okay? Yes, it's a. It was a Christian band, nineties, two thousands. Oh yeah, yes. There we go. Plank eye. <laughs> it was a dumb joke, but it fell on a deep yeah. cut. That's okay. All right. Moving on. <laughs> but anyway, I think that's exactly what Jesus is saying, is that in order to appro- appropriately evaluate what is going on in the situation of somebody else's life, we've got to make sure that we can clearly see. Right. And clear, in order to clearly see, as Jesus says, we have to take the plank out of our own eye. Yeah. That, I, I, oh. I love the image of the plank eye. Because yeah, it's like the sawdust. There's this tiny little speck right there. Let me right. try to get that out and, and get that little crumb off you. A little, you got a little eye goober in there. Let me try to get that. And the plank eye, I mean, literally like a two by four sticking out of your face. You're whacking everybody around. Everybody else sees it, but mm-hmm. you. Everybody yeah. else sees it, but you. That's a tough place to be too, isn't it? Yeah, hundred uh, percent. Because especially when those things do come up, someone's like, "Yeah, everybody knows this about me." Mm. Oh, it's kind of deflating. Oh, yeah. Has that ever happened to you? I'm sure it has. I've probably repressed it, but... Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if I've shared this on the podcast before, but I remember senior year in high school, my head was about the size of the moon. <laughs> I, I just thought I was all that and, like, every bag of chips in the mm-hmm. whole grocery store, right? And um, I had one friend, uh, he, he wasn't even a Christian, but he's like, Matt, you are so arrogant. You're the most arrogant person I know. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, for that millisecond, my ears were open to the truth. And it was like, all the air just went out. And I was like, oh, man, it's so true. It really took that time to introspect. Not that I'm not a prideful person now. I'm, of course, still working on it. But I realized, whoa, I really was this prideful, arrogant person. Thought I was the coolest thing on everything. Mm -hmm. And everybody else looked at me and thought, he's so cocky and arrogant. And it was really deflating because I had this huge plank in my eye. It, mm. it wasn't a two by four. It was, you know, four by 16. Like a whole <laughs> sheet of plywood sticking out of my eye. Everybody else saw it and for some reason I couldn't see it. Yeah. We're, we're, we're the best at hiding things from ourselves. Yeah. 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 And that's funny. Yeah. I think it's, we think it's so easy to hide from other people. We actually do it the best with ourselves. Yeah, I heard... Man, I'm going to butcher the quotes. So <laughs> but it was a really good one, so I'm going to look it up later. And <laughs> But basically... The best people at self-reflecting are people who have good friends that tell them. Mm. So self-reflection means it's not that just you. You have to have other people around you that you've opened up yourself that can speak into you. Yeah. And that might be an important step in what Jesus is talking about. So if we're going to help another person take the speck out of their eye, Mm -hmm. we need to be open to taking the plank out of ours. So not only does the self-reflection mean I need to look inward, but I maybe need to talk to someone who know me well. Yeah. I think that'd be a good application as we think about, you know, how could we be better in this area is if we don't have people in our life right now that we allow them to speak into our lives, that we haven't, like, gone around to, like, our spouse or mm. a close, maybe, coworker or someone we're maybe over and say, hey, you know, what, what is, if you were to say one thing, like, really honestly, like, what is the thing that I'm missing, or what? 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 Where are my blind spots? Yeah, it's going to be a hard conversation. <laughs> yeah, because uh, yeah, we do have those high views of ourselves. I know I have a hugely high view of myself, and when right, somebody yeah. shares that with me, it's like, 
Oh yeah, that's so true. Yeah, and it's hard, but it's so good. Mm-hmm. I had someone a couple of weeks ago share a couple of criticisms with me, and they did it very gently, mm-hmm. kindly. Um, I really respect this person for doing it. And so I went home to my wife, and I said, Melissa, she's an honest person. I love her. Mm-hmm. I said, here's two things this person shared with me. Do you think they're true? She's like, one of them, no. And I was like, oh, okay. The other one, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, and she said, she said it really gently and lovingly. And I was like, okay. Yeah. Well, that's good to know. Like, this is someone I trust. It's not a yes, yes person. Mm-hmm. Or, or the friend that's like, oh, no, you're great. You're so <laughs> awesome. Don't, that person is not really your friend, you know? Right. They're not. They're just blowing smoke up something. Um, so, <laughs> but you need the person who's actually going to be like, yeah, um, yeah, you, you do need to work on that. And so that was really helpful, not only to receive the criticism, but then to get the evaluation from someone I trust. Um, and then I'd say, okay, I do need to work on that in one area, and I'll put the other one on the back burner, because maybe if that person thinks it's an issue, I'll, I'll talk to a few others first before I fully decide. Right, right. That's good advice. Yeah, so that's one way to identify if you do have that plank in your eye. Okay. So let's say we've, we've done this work, we've had those tough conversations, we've actively worked on removing our plank. All right, is it our, it's, it's our time to judge, right? So let's get into it. Yeah, now it's all fine, right? Time to judge. Yeah, you can be the judge of everyone, right? <laughs> Have your gavel up there. There you go. Okay, you're going to prison for that violation. Hold court. Yeah. <laughs> is that what it is? I don't think so. Okay, why not? Because I, I think there naturally in what Jesus is saying is that there is this helping attitude towards it. Mm-hmm. That if we can actually get the plank out of our eye, yeah. we've removed that, we've taken it out. Like in this last section, in, in the end of verse 42, it says, take the plank out of your eye, and then you will be able to see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. I think there's a lot going on there. Yeah. And, the, and the first thing is this use of the brother. Mm. That it's not just some random person. We're not yeah. on the street saying you're going to hell or, you know, the way you're living is awful. Right. It's a brother. It's someone that we have close relationship with. Yeah. That there has to be this relationship so that they will actually even listen to you. That they consider you mm. a valuable authority in their, in their life. If there's no relationship there, then there's nothing for them to really listen to you. There's no reason for them to listen to you because... They don't value your opinion. Yeah. That's that's very true. So there is a relationship there. And I don't think Jesus is even saying, like, your brother's eye, meaning anyone who's a Christian on the planet. Mm. That's a brother in Christ, right? Your right. Sister in Christ. No, I think it. he really is saying, this is the person who's next to you, that knows you. You know them. They know your family. You know their family. You know the ins and outs. So that when you do talk with them, it's more nuanced and understanding of where they're coming from. Um, I, I think it's important that back last year I gave a message that talked a little bit about judging other people and I got an email from somebody uh, and this was a good email okay. and they were saying, you know, Matt, I really appreciated your sermon and, and I'm reading it right now uh, because I was in line at a retail store and a young woman in front of me had tattoos covering her entire neck. I'm reading this letter. Mm-hmm. With a rhinestone pierced in each cheek, she was wearing a coat but I could see that her hands were tattooed and possibly her entire arms. She's, this woman who in our church says, I thought to myself, why did she do this to herself? Otherwise, she is such a pretty woman. 
Mm. We had these thoughts about someone. How could you wear that? How could you have those bangs? I don't know. Whatever it is. You know, we're just... <laughs> you have a lot of thoughts about people's bangs, I guess. I don't know. Um, I wondered what her mom thought about her daughter's appearance. Mm. This is what she's saying, right? And I love that she says, Then she made a phone call, which I couldn't help but overhear. Mm-hmm. She called her mom and talked to her so sweetly. Mm. She told her mom she would be over to see her later that day and ended the call with, I love you, mom. Well, I was immediately ashamed of my judgment of her and said a silent prayer for forgiveness. Mm. I love that this, she was it's saying awesome. this to me too, yeah. and just like, I was like, oh, that's so good. And she said, I'm going to memorize John 7:24, which says, stop judging by mere appearances, but instead judge correctly. Mm. Even in that verse, it says you can judge correctly, but right. it's not on appearances, meaning it's got to go deeper. Right. You got to go below the surface. You got to know what's going on in their life. Meaning you need a relationship with them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So if there is someone that you're like, that someone needs to talk to that person, I see them, they're going off the deep end. Well, maybe start a relationship with them. Mm-hmm. Get to know them a little bit. Find out more about them. And you may decide, well, I don't need to say this. Right. I didn't understand what I thought I did. Or maybe then you've earned the respect of the person and the trust of the person to speak into their lives. Yeah. Yeah. So make sure to do it in relationship. Yeah. And you can get below that surface. Right. For sure. You pointed out another really good thing from verse 42. Uh, oh, yeah. About the purpose. Yeah. So, of the conversation. Yeah. So not only is it your brother's eye, but what it doesn't say is, is take the plank out of your eye, and then you'll be able to point from afar these other person's issues. No, that's not what it says. It says that you'll be able to see clearly to remove the speck from their eye. Yeah. So it's not just judging in a, in a, a fact of like saying this is wrong in your life. But you're actually helping them yeah. remove the speck. Yeah, you're removing it. This is an in- intimate thing in a sense. Yeah. So when I was middle school, I want to say, <laughs> I went in California. I was staying with my uncle who's an ER doc. Okay. And we went to an amusement park, and, and somehow I got some shards of metal in my eye. Ooh. I should have sued that amusement park. It could have made millions, right? Well. But I got these, I think it was four different little shards of metal in my eye. So mm-hmm. for a while, we didn't know what it was. He, they were giving me eye drops and all mm-hmm. that stuff. But I was staying with him, so he just said, well, let's just go to the ER. So we went behind the scenes. <laughs> he took me in the back. You'll probably get in trouble for this. But he did. He just, like, took me in the back, and he's a doctor. And he took a needle, and it took, like, an hour. He had to numb my eye, and then he very slowly, carefully took that needle to take each little piece and I could see the needle going in Ugh. yeah and just imagine that so many people right now your eyes are watering just hearing this story but then I don't, like, I don't like needles he had to very <laughs> carefully and delicately take each of the little specks out yeah. of my eye because he didn't want to do further harm mm-hmm. and then he gave me some stuff to heal my eye he gave me stuff you know I don't know if I had a patch or whatever it was <laughs> but it took a while for that eye to heal yeah, sure. he cared for me the whole time because mm. that's what you do when you care enough to take the speck out of someone else's eye. Right. So it's not just pointing it out. It's not even just, you know, walking them through. But it's, I think even, I think Jesus is getting at the aftercare. Yeah. That you're not just taking the speck out and being like, okay, you're good to go. Thanks. See you around. No, right. it's walking with them through as they, as they work through, you know, what it looks like to live without the speck. Maybe it is a challenge that they've had with a, with a sin or something going on in your life. It isn't something that just goes away. Right. So you don't just be like, yeah, you're in a terrible relationship and you need to break up with that person. That might be the truth that that person definitely needs mm-hmm. to hear. It's an unhealthy and abusive relationship. It's um, you know sexually going outside of the bounds of what it should, a healthy relationship to, should. Sure, yeah. Okay, so you don't just drop the bomb and then, okay, see, I figure it out. 
Right. That's not removing the speck, what Jesus is saying, is it? No. You've got to stay there to help the person. I, I think it's really interesting. I think I've shared it on the podcast before, but... Uh, I, I asked Sawyer if I should say it again, and he said, well, we're, we're still not very good at it. <laughs> so, yeah, I'll share it again. In Galatians chapter 6, there's something very similar where Paul says, Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. So someone's in sin, you've gone and you're restoring that person, you're trying to help them. But then just one sentence later in verse 2 it says, Carry each other's burdens. And in this way, you fulfill the law of Christ, the law of Christ, which is to love. Mm -hmm. So we carry each other's burdens. So we've gone there. We've carefully, in relationship, said the thing to the person. And now we've helped them remove the speck. And now we're carrying their burden. Yeah. Because now it's hard. Okay, you don't just drop the bomb on the person. They're depressed. Or now they broke up with the person and their life's in shambles because they were sharing finances with this person. And now they're broke. They don't have a job. They don't have anywhere to live. Mm-hmm. Like, you've just ruined their life. Yeah. Okay? Now, could you stay there to help them carry the burden? Mm-hmm. And I think not only that, I think if we if we do have this deep, intimate relationship with this person that we, we care about what's going on in their life, that we actually view their burdens as their own, as our own burdens. Right. That it's not just a sin or a difficulty or a life of, that they're carrying, but we're doing it together. Yeah. 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 It's, it's still the relationship component. Right. It's so good. Yeah. So if you're listening to this and you're thinking, there's this person, I need to tell them this. Mm-hmm. Give me a rundown, Sawyer. What should they do? Make sure you're in a good place to do it. Okay. Make sure you got your eyes free. You can clearly evaluate the situation. Yep. Make sure you're in a relationship with them, that you yep. know what's going on in your life. You know what has contributed to this. You know that they would actually hear what you have to say, that you care about them. Yep. If those, if those are true, then have that conversation. Say, hey, I see this. I'm worried about you. Here's why. Here's why I, I think this could be an issue in your life. Talk about it with them. And if, if they feel that that's the same case and they make that decision to remove that speck, remove it together and continue caring about them, continue to help them. And if it's something so big, you're like, I, I need to help this person um, uh, reference or provide them a counselor that mm-hmm. maybe they could see, maybe even pay for their first counseling session or something. It's like, I know that you need help. with. It. I don't know. There's lots of different ways we can do it. OK, Sawyer, I've done that. What happens? So someone's listening. I'm, I'm pretending I'm a listener. Okay. I've done that now. Um, this person hates my guts. They never want to talk to me again. After after bringing up this thing that yeah. you see, I went through these steps. I, I examined my own life. I repented of my own sin. I took out the own my mm-hmm. blanks. I went to them. I have a relationship with them in love and gentleness. I mm-hmm. told them what was going on. I even offered to help, and they don't want anything to do with me. Hmm. What do we do? It's a tough one. I, I would say. First off, um, if nothing else, just continue praying for them. Okay. Um, and, and just because they might see you as an easy target to point the anger towards, yeah. that might be part of carrying the burden of the situation. Mm. Like being so loving and caring towards them that you value that relationship so much that you can carry those burdens of hate, of anger. Mm-hmm. But don't give up. Sure. Don't give up. Uh, it might be for a season. It might be for a time. They might come to you later and say, hey, I've been absolutely mean to you and all that. And you just carried that. And now after getting out of the anger and emotion of the situation, after I start to see and think about and evaluate, yeah, you might be right. Like, can you help me? 
But if you yeah. turn that relationship off and say, oh, they didn't listen to me. Well, wash my hands of this person. I'm done. I'm out. Yeah. Then they're never going to come back to you. Yeah. And if we think about it, that's not what Jesus did. Mm. That's not the way that Jesus loved. Wow. That Romans says that we will, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Yeah. That while we were actively rejecting and angry and pushing God aside, that God gave his life for us. Mm. And so I think if we're going to love like Jesus, if we're going to pe- be people who follow Jesus that love the way that he loved, then we got to give up our life for people. Yeah. Preach, brother. <laughs> well, I think that's a pretty good you know, note to end on. Um, so, yeah, thanks for listening. Let's go out and love like Jesus. Uh, and when we do talk with that person, now we have a little bit better understanding biblically of mm-hmm. how to do it. Thanks for listening. Rate us. Share us. Um, we're glad that you're listening. Subscribe so that you don't miss an episode because next week we will be interviewing Sawyer. That's right. <laughs> I'm preaching next Sunday. So, uh, yeah, we'll be yeah. Sawyer for this. See uh, if we can go a little bit deeper into what he has to teach us. So thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.